Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to season one of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. A quick disclaimer. If you hear us calling the podcast Here's the Thing during Season 1 episodes, don't be alarmed. We had to change our name in the middle of the season, but we hope you enjoy our content nonetheless. That was a good clappity clap clap. Yep. That's all I got. I feel pressure. Yeah. Well, we're just, we're so out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. It's funny having edited this seven times now, just learning the idiosyncrasies of our, each of our patterns of speech. It's pretty funny. Cause you, you just did something. What did you just do? Oh, I think you just said, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's your, that's, that's one of your things. that's something you probably never would have known. I feel like I knew it in, in like a conceptual sort of way, <laughs> but in like the practical, oh shoot, like he says it a lot. Yeah. And I know that there's things that I say a lot. I know that I say the whole, like, if you know me from Adam or if you know me at all. If you or, know me at all. Yeah. It's like, you're listening to this podcast. Why would you have any reason to know us? But then again, you're probably our mom or friends. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like my mom doesn't know me all the way. I mean, like I had several years of college and doing my own thing. That's true. As we've discovered since I have been around them a lot more since I moved back to the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Oh, I have new passions, new interests, new memories. New habits is the big thing. Yeah. The whole like, oh, he cleans now. (laughs) <laughs> is that your new habit? Your one, well, your big, your big switcheroo? Probably the biggest change from adolescenthood to now is that you clean. Is that I just can't stand it being messy. I mean, I have a whole huge pile of stuff on my bed, but it's clean quilts and clothing that I just did laundry the other day. And what twenty-two-year-old man do you know that has multiple clean quilts on his bed? Duncan's the only one. Let's just say it. It's possible. I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't look into other people's linen closets a whole lot, but yeah. I am surprised to see this man have two clean quilts, maybe three, unverified on his bed. <laughs> no, there's at only... this very point in time. Yeah, you know, I just try to keep it comfortable. Get the get the quilts, clean clothes. I mean, I don't know that the clean clothes is like necessarily an aspect to adding comfort to this room, but that's more of an aspect of my laziness. That's okay. I think when I see a pile of clean clothes, it's my Northwest America <laughs> version of like a nice pile of leaves that you, I can jump into. <laughs> what? Because So this is the thing. In books and movies as a kid, you see dogs and humans jumping into big piles of leaves. Yeah. But in the Northwest, in Washington, it's always wet. So you can't actually jump into a pile. I've never actually jumped into really? a pile of leaves ever in my whole life. But I've jumped into many piles of Can we make that happen this fall, clothes. please? I hope so. Because this is the first Northwest fall in four years that I've had. Yeah. And I've had plenty of leaf jumping But they're always wet. Yeah, but you just deal with it, man. Okay. The other, th- the other thing, to your point, is a good 70% of our trees are coniferous. 
not deciduous. And so they're... Coniferous, meaning they're evergreens. Correct. They Great. have pines and they're, they're pine, like needle type trees okay. rather okay. than leafy trees. Okay. So, and they don't shed, right? Like, so that's not the word for it, but you know, yeah. they don't... Yeah. What is the word? Dogs shed. Yeah. Pines shed. I'm good with it. Yeah. The thing that happens when the leaves fall off doesn't happen to all of our pine trees. Hibernation. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> You know, all of the words that yeah. are close, but, you know, the border on correct, but aren't really. Great. Yes. So leafy trees shed. I'll just use the word. There's a word. <laughs> I think um, we call it fall for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the the leafy stuff falling. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah. It's good. So not only do you not have the opportunity because of the wetness uh, that you're afraid of but also because just the the number of trees that provide that opportunity are fewer right that yeah. is true yeah, yeah yeah when my my vision of a a nice midwestern leaf pile mm -hmm. can't can't happen here or or does not happen has not happened it can happen it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom is from the midwest? She is. So okay, have you visited midwest during the fall? I visited the Midwest during the summer and during the winter, and I would just do like an average of that, but I've never been there during the fall. <laughs> I don't know if that equates, but sure. <laughs> you know? You know, just like split the difference between you know? totally cold and snowy and totally warm and a little bit humid. Exactly. The equals? It equals fall. <laughs> fall, question mark? I have started to do this thing where I sometimes put punctuation, like I speak punctuation into my sentences the whole like fall question mark and i don't know if that's yeah i don't know if that's a result of dictating like t text dictation where in order to put that punctuation into my text message i say it out loud or if it's just how, me being weird how often do you text dictate to your phone i do it less now okay here's the thing i used to have a windows phone Shout out to Microsoft. I'm a Microsoft fanboy. Again, if you know me from Adam. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> I like Microsoft products. And I had a Windows phone and it had swipe texting. Swipe is such a good feature. And, and then I got an iPhone and they didn't have swipe. I mean, they have third-party keyboards, but I didn't know that for a while. So I was just like tappity tapping. I didn't know that till this very moment. And it killed me. I hate like just tapping out the letters one by one with each thumb so i would just uh, clearly oppression just just <laughs> clearly worst. like the worst thing that we could hey do. i'm just saying if i do it day to day i can have my preferences uh, yeah no that's great yeah so i w i started to dictate more because i hated just tapping i liked this the swipe and then i found a swipe keyboard that i liked on ios and downloaded that and so i so i dictate less now so i don't know if it's carryover from having dictated a lot or if it's just a thing yeah th this actually reminds me just of the concept we were talking about a couple of real podcasts ago yeah where you were saying there's these design elements that are on apple products that yes remind us of real life mm -hmm. and maybe now what we're talking about is oh features of design yeah that show up now in real life yo i th that's totally i like that i like that idea i think that i never would have put those two together yeah. but that's totally accurate yeah the, you know that 
you know, we used a, a microphone that looked like X or we used, you know, like the mail app. It's, it's an envelope who sends right. snail mail anymore. Some people, right. People Not who me. are getting married, people who are sending thank you notes for after graduation, but you know, it's email. It's not, it's, it, it's code. It doesn't look like that, but because right. of that's, you know, so in the same way, us using patterns of behavior yeah. from a, you know, maybe, maybe it was like a, an adapted thing that I, that I did, right. I didn't right. like typing. So I dictated now I don't dictate as much, but I still act like I'm dictating sometimes. I think the biggest manifestation of that is me saying semicolon, however, comma. Really? Yeah. I wow. do that all the time. So I'll use I don't it. even think I use, I know how to use a semicolon yeah. sometimes, Yeah. but I know I don't use them properly and definitely not well enough to say it verbally. <laughs> yeah. I have to look at it. Yeah. You, so you say semicolon, however, comma, is it always when, is it no. not, not comma, however, comma? No. I believe you can do two commas on either side. English majors, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, know, I believe you can do two commas on either side. Semicolon, however, comma. Huh. A semicolon is used to link two independent clauses. Can't you use a comma to link two independent clauses as well, like a comma transition? I am not sure. I don't think so. But again, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not an expert in language by any means yeah but um, you know a fair amount and here's the problem that i run into a lot i grew up reading a lot of very old books and so when i started writing a lot more and especially in college i would use patterns of speech and grammar right. rules that yeah. i had seen used before my eyes and i would get docked for using them because, oh we don't you, we don't do that and I would say, well, I, I'll point to you in this book where it happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, but this is, it's not right. I'm like, yeah. well, then I, yeah. I'm using it as an example. Interesting. In, you know, I, like you, you, you've given it to me as an example of excellent writing and excellent thought. And now you tell me not to write, not to use the rules that they use to write. Even when I find actually that sometimes they're more effective than, than you know, standard rules. So in the same, in the same way that when I use design, when I say question mark, or I think the only one I ever say is question mark. Mm -hmm. I don't think I use exclamation point or cry face or heart, heart eyes. I think I've said before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> using like, emojis. Yeah. In like language, yeah. text, like speaking out emojis I it, or writing a paragraph that isn't the way a professor used to want me to do it. Sure. Sure. I think it's just like bad form. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, this is just sure. easy for me to use. So I like a good hard eyes. I like a good yeah. question mark, whatnot. I, so maybe this is a difference between you and I, where sure. for me, it's like, oh, it's easy to say this thing. Yeah. So I do it. But but I, I do wonder how those things do interplay, like how, how we're, mm, I don't know if this is too far to say, but like what our deep learning is. Explain. So like deep learning for those is this of concept. us who don't know, what yeah, deep, deep learning, learning is. is this concept where um, instead of right now computers actually being smart and like knowing yes. okay, things, yeah, yeah. Um, we are ex we give them a, just a huge set of data and they figure out these patterns, yeah, and they figure out what's easy, yes, and their patterns make it more efficient, more efficient than we could really think of it because we can't really keep all of that data yep. the same. I wonder if we have a deep learning. Of like it's actually easier to say question mark or it like explains more 
emotion for yeah. us to say question mark yeah. than for us to actually imply a question mark with the lilt of our voice, you know? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I've been reading a lot about sort of linguistic growth and okay. how, you know, they're even like saying LOL. And I think I said something earlier, IMO. I said IMO yeah. Yeah. earlier, in my opinion. And, you know, people will complain often like, oh, why are you using text speech in yeah. everyday life? And it's like, well, it's communicating an idea. It's communicating. I mean, whatever yeah. it is, it's using using your voice to communicate concepts. And so if you can do that and use an abbreviation, sure, it's lazy. But who says laugh out loud? You know, like you don't just or, say or that. Who, who, who laughs out loud? When, when they, they type, type LOL. LOL. Yeah. It, usually it's just, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's that exhaling uh, louder uh, through your nose that you normally, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. And I think one really salient example that, that I remember from high school, I was writing a paper. I was writing an alternate ending to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And one of the things I remember is Mary Shelley sometimes, and I think it's often, when she uses an interjection like O and then uses an exclamation point right after that, she doesn't capitalize the next word. And so that was that's an oh, example in my life where weird. I used that exact little is it syntax? Is that the word for it? I think I, I used that exact grammatical phenomenon. I used it in the paper that I turned in and I got docked for it. And I was able to go to my teacher and say, Hey, look, I'm trying to follow the style of the book so that you know, hypothetically, if this was found amongst, you know, uh, you know, in the pages of a draft, you know, whatever, that you would buy that this was written by her. If this was found in the annals of my tomb. Yeah. I, I, and I got know. the points back. Cool. So, which kind of, again, goes to the point of like, well, it, if it's communicating an idea and it goes with the style that you've set before you, why not? I mean, you know, why yeah. not? I mean, our mutual friend, Angela, she told me one time that it's really we don't have grammar rules we just have grammar convention and that you know oh. the only reason that we do i might be totally misquoting her and i apologize if i if you know if i'm totally butchering what she this said is a smart idea she's very smart yeah yeah but it was just the fact that don't get so caught up on the oh, the rules and the grammar what it just if you're communicating an idea well and often the, the way to do that is through convention right semicolon however comma breaking convention in the interest of communicating further ideas is valid is essentially what she was saying okay yeah interesting oh and the reason that i do the semicolon however comma it's it's a way for me to call out that i'm transitioning in my ideas which is same thing as using two things number one this number two that right. it's kind of clunky when you're writing it out but when you're speaking it's a easy way for people to I track use, I'm I transitioning. Use one, two, A, B, like all the time. Yeah. All in writing? In speech. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been told to stay away from it more often than not in writing. Huh. Yeah. I don't do a whole lot of writing anymore. Yeah. Maybe I should maybe I should do some more writing. Maybe that would be a good thing to what if I wrote out question mark in words? That to would communicate probably break a lot of conventions. What if it, I wrote out question mark, then put a period, just hung a period at the end? <laughs> question mark? Comma, period. question mark, period. Yeah. I don't know. Try it. I mean, Maybe. Who, who cares, That'd right? I mean, fun. if 
unless you're getting it published but i think you could you could make an argument for why you're doing it right especially if you're arguing about linguistics i don't even know if that's the right word linguistics grammar rules how about that i i know that word's right i tend not to argue about grammar rules yeah i used to be that guy i used to i used to so be that guy and this happens with art too where i i used to especially in my first year of being in design school I would just rip apart designs and I would just, I'd, oh, really? this, this sucks and I hate that logo oh, and that's well, current like really Cowell badly. Version of- yeah, I was the Simon, I was a tiny little punk yeah. who was just like, oh, everything sucks. And now it's funny, people will bring stuff to me and they'll be like, oh, doesn't this suck? And I'm like, eh, it's not really my problem. Like, huh. somebody got paid and that's fine. They're feeding their family, they're feeding themselves, they're making a living. It's, they shouldn't huh. have done that, but I'm not going to whine and complain yeah. about it anymore. Unless I, it's papyrus. Even that, I'm just, I don't oh, care. Nice. I don't care I like enough. It. Good. Like, That's, what a change. Yeah, I know, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's just, there's, I don't know, it's kind of like this bell curve of being completely ignorant. And then it's like having some knowledge and caring way too much. Right. And then coming back down and it being, well, I know a lot more now than even when I was complaining and right. I don't care. Yeah. Because it's not my job. Totally. It's, it's, it's that, it's that discovery of, is this worth my time? No, it's not even worth my time because I get paid a lot more to do, you know, good design over here. So, well, yeah, well, it's, you get paid, not, you get paid not to complain. Correct. You complain, you get paid to create something great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just not worth my time. Dude, I have a thing that I'm super stoked about. I want to hear it. You didn't, you, you mentioned it at breakfast. You said, I have a great thing. I have a great thing. And I remember, okay, now I remember what it was. Go for it. Here's the thing, <laughs> Duncan. What is it? I went to this museum this week that was super freaking cool. And it taught me a lot about how to appreciate art, which made me stoked. Great. Because is this a museum that I've been to? You have not been to this museum. Okay. I think very few people have been to this museum. Let me let me paint you a picture. Okay. So I'm here for it. On the I-5. Okay, the Interstate on 5. The Interstate which, 5. Which goes from Canada. Canada to Mexico. Yeah. Just north-south near the West Coast. Yes. Not on the West Coast, but near the West yeah, Coast. Very near. Very, very near it. And so there's this one building which looks like it should be the set of like this of like an evil company, you know, like of a, of a of a movie. Like there should like it's like this big glass building <laughs> okay. that stretches from one side of the valley to the other side of the valley. Okay, and so it's, it's six, long. It's six floors. Okay, high. Um, and then there's like these like pieces of like grass and like ledges, and it's like green and lush, but it looks like evil scientists work there. Like okay, for sure. Like it's a front. Like it, sure, it's a pretty looking building. Yes. Okay, because in my head I was thinking like the tallest skyscraper ever with like a big e on the top for evil layer it just feels like a front okay okay so you go so the museum is on this property the building is actually empty okay the building is completely empty there's no one in it it's not occupied for any reason creepy but there's this little museum that this company even though they don't occupy this building still pays to upkeep and this museum is a bonsai museum like bonsai trees bonsai trees usually in our english language we say bonsai but yeah. it's apparently pronounced bonsai okay bonsai so bonsai museum and so we you go in and me i was expecting i don't really know what this means like it's apparently there's like these 
60 to 80 trees at any one point in time and you go around and I was like I think short trees are cool yeah but I don't really know anything about them little baby trees but here I am at a museum of these baby trees okay which they're not baby trees because they're yeah. really really old but more about that later Please, so yeah I'm this, excited. the thing that made this museum awesome is not because it was just like this beautiful combination of like sculpture and living art or like mm-hmm. like these like things that we kind of usually like pair against one another. The cool thing about this museum though is that they had the best descriptions and plaques. Ah, uh, yes. Overall. Okay. okay. Of any museum I've ever been to, nothing has ever been better communicated to me the viewer of this art. Because what they did was they assumed that you as the viewer of bonsai mm-hmm. didn't know anything about it. Okay. Which was that true? Yeah, like basically. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't like know I've anything. I've seen a tree. I've yeah. seen someone trim a tree. Yeah, but like, it was this beautiful thing where they they had this room of like really elegant trees, and you just like walked into it, and it's like, wow, this is amazing. And then you go out, and actually, the entire museum is outside, and so you're so going. What was the building for? The building is <laughs> for this company that does like quote unquote sustainable forestry. But it's empty inside. Empty inside. I I don't I don't understand it. It was built in 1989, and yeah, it's it's weird. I want to go. Is this somewhere that you and I could drive together? Oh, totally. Yeah. Let's go sometime. Let's do it. Great. And so, this museum is like all outdoors, and it's surrounded by these really tall pine trees. And okay. so you go, and there's like these little um, displays. On the, in the museum where you go and there's like this like concrete wall, this like concrete corner, and it will have three just beautiful bonsai trees with like the stories of how they're created. Like, oh, this tree, like they took this like thousand year old tree that mm-hmm. had like, that was mostly dead. It had like one tiny living stream of tissue. And so they take this tree and they like graft in this other other type of tree that's able to grow off of it and it's like this combination of like what was once dead and what's new and like it's been a bonsai tree since like 1940 and you're like wow oh i saw i saw one that was like a bonsai tree since 1700 like this is a living thing that somebody has been curating since 1700 so well i mean yeah the level of them i mean to my understanding the level of them being tended to is just astronomical compared to you know that that tree over there you know like right it's so so craziness. So it makes sense that they've been around that long, but it also is just old things are cool. I don't know. That's my yeah. So like each each and every tree has their own. This is the description of how this tree came into existence, and like who it was and whatnot. Wow. Which like gave you a respect for what was going on. Absolutely. And then those trees were were like specially curated for their different features to be in this display because then it would talk about it would have like this big plaque on the wall and it was saying texture. And so it was teaching you how to enjoy the texture of bonsai trees. Okay. So it was saying, this is texture and art. And so describe texture and art. And then it would talk about texture in trees. Interesting. And then it would talk about texture in bonsai trees and like the different ways that it's curated. And so it would be texture, shape, line, color, depth, all of these different Very things cool. that would give you better appreciation of the art form as you go through yes and then it would ask an application question like oh the the aspect that we're talking about right now is rhythm and so let's learn about rhythm in trees and so like clap out the rhythm of this tree that's right in front of you interesting and so it was so cool to yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to 
deepen and understand this art form more and more and more in this museum. I love that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I love it too. I love that. So I don't have too much of a thing today. So I'm going to just, I'll spend a little bit more time on like digging into this. Cause yeah. I think it's super interesting. The fact that through one art form, they're teaching you not only just about the art form or they're assuming that you know about art, they're actually teaching you the fundamentals of art. Yes. And I think that's one of the best ways to go about teaching people things mm -hmm. is by saying, here's something that's like, might be really interesting to you, very unique in its own way. And so we're going to teach you about the broad category of like, this is art. And then into a sort of a, a more f finely defined realm of, you know, this is, this is the application of that concept within various kinds of art. But then for us, this is what it means here in this application. Fascinating. It was fascinating. I think that was it because it did teach you about rhythm in like all sorts of different like environments. Yeah. Like what is rhythm like in a tree, like a normal tree? Yeah. Like it was like, it was very applicable to your everyday experience as well. And it was, it was great to see how they did that. And with such intentionality I to love like that. get you to a place where you could enjoy the art and I think it's the first time I've ever seen that where I wish that like a m modern art museum mm -hmm. which which takes and just assumes so much about the culture that you're coming from and like mm -hmm. your understanding of art and like your understanding of of who different artists are but for it to be able to say doesn't maybe doesn't have to tell you the whole method or like whatnot but like the reason that you're seeing the splatter yeah. is because like this is where splatter is in life. Yeah. And, like like connect it to okay, something that okay, you're, yeah, yeah. you've experienced and that's deeper and then maybe teach you how to enjoy it or teach you how to value it more yeah. and more. Um, okay. So I, I've seen, I've seen images. There's an image actually at a friend's house that I was just at um, for dinner. And I, like, I saw this thing and I, I I've seen it probably for like nine months it's like near their dining room and so like i go over i see this picture and i think i thought it was a picture okay i thought it was like and i was like this is a very strange picture to have on your wall it's <laughs> sure. like a woman in her bathtub eating like takeout okay um and it turns out it's a painting okay just like some of the details were just so incredibly drawn yeah and so even even that thing of like being able to be like oh like i actually understand the method that this this image was created with yeah like, rather than a print more, it's painting gives me yeah. more value of it yeah and so i don't know yeah i mean the <laughs> i wish i wish modern art museums were less pretentious like totally true i mean like it's so hard as a someone who isn't as well versed in not only just modern art but like art history I, totally i mean you have to understand where art came from to understand modern art at all or else it just seems totally stupid like i think i mentioned in episode zero which we might release at some point that i didn't like modern art until i started to understand the history behind like how it started with you know expressionism and all that right and how it moved from you know representation to I mean, it's abstraction. It's 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 moving from seeing painting as a way to in painting in particular as a way to represent reality mm. uh, in a direct way. In a this is what a nose looks like. This is what an apple looks like. This is what whatever. Into now, here's what you know noses feel like if you were to use ketchup <laughs> right. to paint it on, you know, 
on a rug. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. who knows what it's what the piece is. I right. don't. The, yeah. I hope that there's a piece out there that's like that. That is actually that. But for someone who's not well versed in like how the heck did we get here, it just it sucks. Modern art museums suck. I think they suck. Because you just see Duchamp's water fountain, and you're like, there's a urinal sitting in the middle of the floor. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> right. But, it, like, there's all of this other... Understanding the history of it, it's way... It's so important to, to, to understanding it. And so, having that those explanations, I think, is, like, is super cool. Yeah. Because I, you can even... Sorry, even to, like, uh, the whole thing about rhythm... If you're just looking at a piece and it says this is it was created on this day by this person and it it's worth this much and and people all over the world flock to it and you're like great I don't I still don't, I don't get it I don't get it but if they were to say rhythm is used here or texture is used to communicate blah or this is an example of how you could look at blah yeah because that's kind of what again like we've talked about that's kind of what modern art is for is more about like how does the audience receive it mm. rather than I'm trying to represent reality right. for everyone. It's I'm trying to represent reality in one way for me and you can interpret it however you want kind of a right. thing. I mean, you know, hopefully you can see it in some way as the artist does, but we've moved away from this needs to look like a painting of a garden to how does this make you feel? Right. Like how do you, what do you think about the world? If you see this piece, you know, um, that one piece by Picasso. What is it called? It's a city. It's called. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, huh? The oh, Guernica. Yeah. So there's a piece by Picasso called Guernica, and it's representing this like war battle thing. It's all this chaotic and everything. Yeah. If you didn't understand, oh, this is representing like how terrible war is, and there's like horses that are all like twisted and weird and i mean obviously everything is, looks weird yes, anyways i definitely know this painting yeah it's yes, like really okay. long it's like yeah. a long sort of sure. room size painting and you know if you looked at it you're just like i just don't uh, like I it don't. it's chaotic and whatever yeah. it's like exactly sure it's supposed to make you feel a certain way rather yeah. than you know painting dead bodies bleeding on the battlefield with smoke right. and banners waving and armor and whatever right it's like the it's feel. actually dark and light it's it's i think monochromatic it's just mm. a, a black and white Huh. I, I don't know what medium i don't know if it's paint or charcoal or something but the the thing as you're talking right now there's there's things that i think like oh like we as humans intrinsically value egyptian art sure well but yeah. we don't like it's westerners only, i think westerners it's only because we have lore about it in our culture like we yeah, have yeah, yeah. ways of valuing it like i've i don't even think i've seen images of king tut and his tomb and whatnot it's just so embedded within <laughs> my knowledge like oh king tut and king Tutankhamun was this king and he was 16 when he died yeah i don't know why i know that i don't know why it's important like i feel like i know more about him than most of the, the american public education system that's why interesting but <laughs> it's like i know like for some reason i know way more about him than mo most kings <laughs> yeah like that had more of an impact in my everyday existence sure sure um I, like why do I know Cleopatra oh, like let's be honest like I don't know but yeah. because there's this like cultural valuation of it I can go to an Egyptian art museum and I have for some reason just deep understand like like knowledge culturally about like what this means and how to enjoy it and why and like what the different dynasties were and like these different ages and yeah. what it meant and it's because of all of that that I can enjoy Egyptian art and it feels like 
it, but it feels like, oh, I just enjoy it because it's Egyptian and it's cool. Yeah. And I think that's how maybe next time I see a tree, next time I like enjoy bonsai. Yeah. It's will be like, oh, yeah. I totally get it. You have a context for it. It's, it's for just it like deepened inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. You have a context for yeah. it. It reminds me of something that I saw the other day on the interwebs and it was something like, did you even have a childhood if you didn't have an Egypt obsession phase? And they were, yeah, there were a couple comments and one of the comments was like, yeah, it was that Egyptology book. It was just so gold and so cool. <laughs> I and loved a, that book. You had it too? I had that I book. It's such a good book. And I read that comment. I was like, oh my gosh, that's me too. And I'm like, I, I thought I was the only one, you know, like yeah. I, I don't know where the heck that book came from. It appeared in my house one day. Uh-huh. I don't know. I probably picked it up at, who knows, Target. I don't know. But like it was there. And I actually... As I was organizing my books after having moved uh, into a new space, I won't, I I brought out two books. One of them was Pyridology. The other one was Egyptology. I literally forgot that Pyridology existed. Yeah. Well, and there's, I know that there's quite a few more. I mean, they can't just have made two. But it's just so funny to me that we have this common experience of having those weird, like, ology books that give us, that, again, they bring us into the story right but the, both those books pyridology and and egyptology they tell a story but they teach you about history on along the way because yeah. they're both written as journals they're, they're journal entries and multiple pages and yeah and artifacts they keep artifacts in there and so you feel like oh my gosh i received it's i mean it's just like any good sort of treasure hunting video game or right. treasure hunting movie where well i think actually less movie because the video game and the book have the participation element to right. it yeah so they invite you in and they're like, we need you to help us uncover the mystery of blah. Right. I, there's something about that, that like, it's, it's hands-on learning, which is super value. I mean, like it's, the, it brings out the kid in all of us. It's the, oh, I get to actually help do this thing. You know, um, uh, it's Disneyland where moving from space mountain to hyperspace mountain, for those of you who have not been. I think I only went maybe once I've or twice. I've not been to hyperspace mountain. Yeah, I think it's now back to space mountain. But oh. space mountain, you get on it. It's not. There's not much of a story. I don't think there is any story. It's you're. I mean, you're you're in the room and it's a roller coaster and it's dark and there's stars and everything and it's it's fun. But they changed it to hyperspace mountain where they added a Star Wars element to it. Yeah. And they they basically added this story of like you are a rebel fighter in an X wing and you're you and you know you take off and you have to fight the the empire right you know and so you have you've got all these tie fighters flying around and there's music and they like bank left bank left and then the roller coaster like goes left yeah and again it's bringing you into that oh i feel important that that i think is one of the best ways to connect someone to whatever is going on and so i think to the point of like the modern art museum where often you feel very disconnected from it because it's there's a lot of times where it feels really pretentious, really like, Oh, like you don't understand this. So like a place like LACMA where they had, I can't remember what the installation was called, but it's those like spaghetti string things hanging Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. and you can walk in between it. And the, I think it's called urban lights. Okay. I think that's the installation name. You know, the, the famous lights that are right in right out front LACMA, tons of light posts. It's inviting you into the space and to be among the art and to participate in because there's something fundamentally different between looking at a piece on the wall and standing in the middle of an art piece. Right. And yes. I don't know what where to go with that, but that's just something that I was thinking about. Yeah, I think 
what I connect to in what you were just saying about the Egyptology book and then into being inside the art piece is that you know how to value it. How so? Uh, in, when, you're, when you're doing the um, video game or like you, you understand the story of the TIE fighter you're like, oh, bank left, bank left. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're understanding the value okay. of what you're doing. Yeah, um, that's and, huge. And so when you're inside of the art piece, like you you understand the value of what you're doing. Yeah. This actually is editing my thought that I had in episode one okay. about the Instagram traps. What I want to say is that the Instagram trap is a better value to the people that are using it because they actually know how to value it. They know how to value the slice of pizza world and like yeah. everything like that, where at modern art museum has given no value assessment. I see this white canvas yeah. with like a couple blotches of, of other whites. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to value this. Interesting. Yeah. But it, I feel like there have been times and there was a moment where someone explained to me, they like look at this canvas and I was like, it's white. And they like actually zoom in and actually look at it and look at all the textures and whatnot. And I was like, that's so cool. And they explained to me why I should value it. And I loved it. And so something with bonsai and something with Instagram traps is like this museum and those museums invite you to understand or like they, well, Instagram traps, they assume that you understand the value of it. It's Instagram. But the Bonsai <laughs> Museum, they invite you to understand it as you go along. Mm. And like you're learning about it as you go. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating. Yeah. I love the the self-editing because that's what this is all about. Right? Yeah. It's the, let's have a conversation. And then a few weeks later, let's keep... Because again, we're entering this process of the podcast and learning about art in more intentionally for season one. And just keeping an eye out for what what can I learn about this particular subject in the next few weeks. And so the self-editing, I think, is great. I think that the coming to new ideas, starting from a place of, you know, relative ignorance and moving into a place of relative, I don't even know if understanding is the word for it, but just relative appreciation. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. I've, I've loved this process so far. Yeah, this is this is great. I'm so excited. I mean, and I'm really happy, even though it's been, what, seven, seven, eight weeks now. We missed a week. We had a couple of bonus weeks because we were out of town. Life happens. But we're only, this is episode five. So we're only halfway through season one. And we have at least an idea of what three whole seasons could look like. It's true. So I'm just so excited to keep learning. I, I, we were talking at breakfast. I've been in a little bit of a funk. And so having you back and talking like we were around each other two weeks ago but we didn't do a whole lot of interaction so it's been great to just have a conversation with you have breakfast with you come back to doing here's the thing it's really honestly quite a a ray of light in my my world this has been so much fun and like what a good way to get back into it just like a fun conversation and uh, i love this process because it, it it takes things just as you were saying, it is a self-editing process where I have learned, honestly, a good amount just by intentionally keeping my eye open mm-hmm. to this thing. Um, and th- here's the thing about this process is that <laughs> it is it is learning and growing for me so much. Yeah. And it's su- super, super fun. Awesome. 
Well, we're going to wrap it up, I think, for this week. But hopefully we'll be posting on Instagram for real this week about, you know, we're going to take some polls, some questions. Um, you know, I'll help manage that. And we'll see if we can get some ideas for next week, too. We just opened a common notebook on our OneNote. Shout out to Microsoft. Um, to write down ideas. We have a couple ideas. But we're curious about what you guys want to want to hear about. I know I've had a couple people come up to me and say, oh, you should talk about this. And now we actually have a place for that. So can't wait to continue this conversation. I can't wait to be back in this room again. I'm looking forward to it. I don't like mine. Well, it's going to have a bumper. Yeah. Yeah, okay. How about we just see next? Can't wait to be back in this room again. Yeah. Okay, great. Done.